1: It's raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Check us out at LiveParanormal.com, also iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. The list goes on and on and on for you. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a performing artist. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles. And this show was founded as an offshoot of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016, sort of to carry on my mom's teachings, uh, both spiritually and from a humanitarian perspective, about things that we need to bring more of into the world, really to make the world a better place. The show is about passion and service. And every week on the show, I have some fantastic people that understand what it's like to give back and that everything is about feeding into the whole to make the world a better place. And I'm so honored that this weekend I get to take part in a fantastic uh, convention. It's called Plexicon. It's for women in the LGBTQIA plus community, um, a part of the community that I am a part of that community and am also a queer minister. So I'm so excited to bring both my spiritual and my entertainment self through the PR and media visibility panel uh, with wonderful people that I've done panels with before and some new folks I haven't done panels with before. Um, it's really, I think, going to be a beautiful conference. It sort of mixed the love of the representation of queer women in media and also for queer women in media, musicians, podcasters, filmmakers, creative people, writers, Whatever it is that that you're contributing to the world, uh, I feel that this weekend is really something that that is appreciating that and enhancing that. So please welcome to the show um, from Clexicon, Kimberly Hooper is here and also Haley Brown is here. Welcome both of you. It's so great to have you here on the show and I'm so excited to meet you both this
2: weekend. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
1: Did I introduce the festival right? I mean, did I sort of get the energetic gist of what it's about?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you definitely did. It's about bringing fans and creators together, uh, celebrating positive representation of LGBTQ plus women, trans and non-binary folks. So it's for all of us.
1: I love that. I love that it's inclusive. And I love that it's about um, women supporting women. I mean, even if you – if you identify as non-binary, still it's about and that that support and that empowerment. And and in so much in my teachings, um, both in the spiritual community, entertainment community, on the radio, I talk about how we all really need to have each other's backs. And it's it's so important that we work to empower each other. And when I was asked to do this panel, that was one of the first things that I really loved about the idea of it was it was that. And also that it brought together – you know, fans and creators, because um, so many fans, I think, are also creators. So many creators are also fans. And and I just also love the idea that there's a lot of wonderful women there that I love that I haven't seen since COVID. So it'll be nice to have, like, face-to-face reunions with everybody. So um, can I talk a little bit about how it all got started?
2: Uh, Well, Qlexicon got started as kind of a – It was a response to uh, non-positive representation in the media. Um, I don't want to say it was entirely negative, but, you know, it was a result of some queer baiting on a very popular show. Um, The producers really uh, jazzed it up as something that the community would be really excited about, and then it just fed into the kill your gaze trope. So, um, you know, without spending too much time on that show specifically, what ended up happening is we really saw that – that fans and these communities of people all over the Internet were really responding um, very emotionally. You know, there was a lot of impact. And seeing that impact uh, really got the founders motivated to do something positive and celebrate the positive and reinforce that. And part of the reason we bring fans and creators together is we, you know, we have to support the pipeline. We have to support the creation of the projects we want to see.
0: Yeah, I like we're saying, you know, so it's a minutes. it's a great place not only for uh, you know fans to kind of get to meet some of their favorite celebrities, but we also get to have uh, those conversations about what can we do to improve the quality of career representation in the media. You know, is that yeah. in the writers' room? Is that in the acting, the casting? Where where do we need to kind of show up in force to get the kind of content that we want to see? And Quexicon um, helps facilitate those conversations, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, I love that. And and I also love the idea that, that, like you said, it's one one of the hardest things for human beings, for whatever part of their self it represents, is to not see yourself represented in media. Whether you don't see Mm -hmm. your gender, you don't see your sexuality, you don't see your ethnicity. You know, we grew up with, well, I grew up with, because I'm probably older than you, I grew up with so many people not seeing their different ability or their ethnicity or their gender or their sexuality or their body type or whatever it was not seeing that in in media and it's so wonderful now how much farther media has come with representing and including so many different kinds of folks so that when you watch a show now it looks a lot more like real humanity we have a long way to go but we're beginning to get there and I think that's very exciting and then also with women I think the idea that Shows for women, shows with women are not just about for women. You know, there used to be this idea, right, with with entertainment, with athletics, that stuff with male leads, men's sports were for everybody, but things with women in them were only for women. And I think as we're evolving as a species and we're evolving as a community, as a creative community, we're getting around to the idea now that a show with a female lead a show with a, a, a tough female woman at, at its forefront is really a show for everybody and not just a show for uh, women to watch. And lesbian storylines are not just for lesbians to watch. And gay male storylines are not just for gay men to watch that we're getting to the point now, right, where we're all enjoying everyone, the
0: whole human experience. Does that make sense? Oh, for Absolutely. sure. I mean, it's like, like you were saying earlier about how, you know, not seeing yourself, on screen so much of watching something is translating it into your life. And the fact that we do have so much representation, like you said, a long way to go, but more than we had, it is easier now. We find these shows where we don't have to do as much translating to relate it because we see ourselves, we see our family, we see our friends on screen for the first time in a lot of cases.
2: Right. You know, the more, the more of these stories we see, um, I, I couldn't hear what you said. I'm sorry.
1: No, I just said, I'm sorry. I just wanted you to speak, sweetie. I said, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, um, the thing, you know, the more of these stories we see, the more courage creators have to tell these stories that maybe uh, would have been more difficult to tell in the past. So it's, it's kind of this cyclical kind of energetic thing. The more you give, the more you get. And, um, you know, it's really just about continuing to put it out there. And as you said, we still have a long way to go, but we've come a long way. So it's really just continuing on that path.
1: I agree. And I think we've come a long way in, in even, in, you know, so much in media. I, I binge a lot of TV shows while I work, and I'm so happy to see so many queer storylines, so many um, queer actors, so many trans actors, non-binary actors, um, you know, different storylines with different people, different faces and different ethnicities and different things portrayed. Okay. It's, it really is refreshing to see, um, and it's changing the face, I will say, of our country, because I have never lived anywhere but this country. It's changing the face of our country, because whether we like it or not, media affects reality. When you see something on a TV show, then you start to think, well, wait a minute, I know somebody like that, and maybe I shouldn't be scared of that person, or maybe I should reach out, or maybe I shouldn't judge um, that's the beautiful thing about being a creative, right, is that the, what we do, the art that we make, um, it affects people's lives. Because once people have seen something and fallen in love with it, then they tend to think differently about it moving forward. And that means thinking differently about people in their community, people in their neighborhood, people in their families. And that's what I think has led to the overall evolution of this country. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? And and so I think, um, you know, encouraging more queer women to create more projects and to really enhance their creative side. Because I think when, when you've gone through a process of not being like everybody else, no matter what it is that makes you not like everybody else, it makes you ask a lot of questions and it makes Mm -hmm. you do a lot of soul work, and it makes you do a lot of emotional work on yourself, and then you have a lot of stuff to share and to find a creative outlet to share your story then, to share your voice, to help other people find their voice. I mean, I think that's one of the most beautiful human services there is.
2: Definitely. And one of the things I really love just looking, you know, looking at some of the guests that we have this weekend, um, you know, we have – W.C. Leslie, we have Megan Tandy, we have Katie Lotz, um, we have the uh, the first kill actors, um, Imani Lewis, Sarah Catherine Hook. So we have quite a variety of people um, showing up. And the really cool thing about a lot of these stories is, while the characters may be queer, the stories are not necessarily just about their queerness. You know, these are superheroes. Yeah. Um, You know, these are these are really like fully. Uh, fully well-rounded interesting characters and you know their sexuality is just a portion of who they are and so you have these superheroes who you know 10 15 years ago we wouldn't have made a superhero um, a lesbian you know it's it's all these things that are coming out so we really get to explore the fullness of the human experience and kind of take it back to that fullness again
1: yeah i think that's wonderful yeah absolutely and you know what 20 years ago when we first started really including people, and I was doing radio then because now I sound like I'm a 100, um, <laughs> I remember talking a lot about how the first phase was really just getting people in the queer community into things, right? Whether it was right. hiring actors that are out or it was having storylines, anybody will do. Just get, get something in there and let people see different faces but then I would always talk Mm -hmm. about how the next phase after that was for it to become a non-issue. So just because a character was gay or bi or trans or intersex, it didn't mean their entire storyline had to just revolve around their queerness. The Mm storyline is whatever it is that they do, whether they're a superhero or a secretary or a banker or a doctor, but then the fact that they are part of the queer community just becomes another level of that, and mm-hmm. another, like you said, another part of their personality. And I think that's really the road to inclusion, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I think it's interesting this year at Klexicon. You know, like someone was saying, a lot of the the guests that we have are on shows that have now been canceled, unfortunately. And so we're not having to worry so much about not being in the writers' room or not being on 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 screen anymore, but they're not necessarily killing us out of nowhere on screen either, but how do we get beyond just a first season? How do we, you know, create these stories and not even create the stories because we're speaking our truth in these stories, but how do we market these stories to the bigger production companies and to the networks and the studios so that we can get the time to really tell these stories and really delve into these people's lives in a meaningful way without having it be a one and done season where you don't get as much of a chance to connect and and really fall in love with those characters. And so many shows recently with whether they're female centered or queer centered have been canceled after a season or a half a season. It's just like, well, how do we get past that? How, this is the next hurdle. How do we, what do we do? What do we need to bring to the table so that we can get these following seasons and get that, that depth of storyline and character that, that really can make an impact in society. I completely agree.
1: So, so Haley, what is your background in, uh, in entertainment and
0: wind up, how did you wind up here? Uh, I am a uh, theater actually, um, and went to Klexicon in 2018, just as like I heard about it on Tumblr, and was like, this is awesome, mm-hmm. but I need to go back either with friends or I need to be like volunteering. And uh just happened to see that they were looking for I don't remember what position it was, but I was not at all qualified for it. But I was like, <laughs> I'll apply. I learned fast. And uh they interviewed me and were like, Yeah, you have no experience and I was like, I, I respect that. Um and then a couple of <laughs> months later they reached out again and were like, Hey, we have we're gonna be starting this new position that we actually think would fit the skill set that you have uh as a stage manager. And so uh, now I, I help with the special events and, and make sure that outside of the normal con hours, there's fun stuff for people to do and participate in and meet new friends. Right. Which is important, right?
1: Because uh, career building is important, but also mm-hmm. tribe building is more important, I think, because yeah. the, almost every career that's ever been in the entertainment industry, and I've mostly grown up in this business, so I don't know about much else, um, is all about your tribe, right? The connections you make, the people you work with. Um, mm-hmm. Working creative people love to work, but working with friends is the best thing in the world to work with people you love. So to, mm-hmm. to have that kind of built, and also so important, right? You guys are doing the the um, the speed friending event. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yep. Speed friending. Yeah. And how important is how important is that? Because since COVID we've lost a lot of touch and the phone doesn't ring as much and people don't reach out as much. And we need to start getting back into um, what my mom used to call uh, your people skills. You've got to work your people skills muscle. We've got to get that going again and get used to um, out, outwardly seeking new tribe members uh, and not mm-hmm. being as isolated. Maybe we've been for the last couple of years, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And especially as, as members of the queer community, because so much of our community is online, um, even prior to COVID, uh, you know, whether you grew up in a rural area or whatever it was like so many of your queer friends and family were online. And so, so many of them meet for the first time coming to Clexicon or they meet new friends at Clexicon at speed friending or just waiting in line to get into a panel for their favorite actors. Um, and so we do, we hear these stories all the time of people saying, Oh yeah, I met my creative partner at Clexicon or I met my wife at Clexicon (laughs) <laughs> um, so the, it's really fun. Like, yes, we are a, a fandom convention and we are a convention where, you know, creatives can, can, um, can work together, but we are also a place of community and a place for people to hang out. And, you know, we have people that come with a full schedule of panels. They know exactly what panel they're going to at what time. And we have other people that are like, oh, there's panels happening. I was just hanging out with my friends. So it's, it's a really interesting right. mix of people that come because, yeah, some come for the community, some come for fandom, some come for the industry, and we're just there to have a good time and facilitate it all, yeah, that's
1: beautiful, that's so beautiful. And, and i completely agree. I think then you see a bumper sticker that says I met my wife at Clexicon.
0: <laughs> that's
2: amazing. I keep laughing, I keep laughing because i met my wife- I met my wife at Clexicon. so oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that would great. be my bumper sticker. <laughs>
1: Was that commercial for the the hair replacement guy? I'm I'm not only a, the founder, I'm also a customer.
0: Yeah. That's kind of I'm also a, really. yeah. That's, yeah. I'm totally also the a
1: customer. I'm totally the hair loss guy
2: right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is really funny because I have tons of, I have like super long thick hair. So also not really that guy, but still, yeah. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. I, I'm envious of your super long
2: thick hair. I I got the other
1: Irish gene. I, like, not take care. Um, so tell me about you, because you're one of the founders of it, right? So this is kind of your baby.
2: I'm actually not one of the founders. I'm one of the executive directors. I was brought in in 2020, um, actually post-COVID. Um, so as wow. much as it would have been an honor to be a founder, because what a, what a great sure. organization. Um, I'm, you know, I'm lucky enough to be a part of it at this level since May 2020. That's
1: beautiful. So, what's your um, background how did
2: this happen for you? So I, I've actually been to all the Klexicons. Um I wasn't a founder, but I have been going since the first one. Um, the first one, I, was, I just went as an attendee. Uh, I met really cool people, but also was one of those people that didn't really know a lot of people, and I decided to be a vendor because that way people would come to me. So oh, nice. I was a vendor for a couple years, uh, participated that way, and then the opportunity um, came up to be executive director. Uh, prior to lexicon I'm actually an artist myself, um, an artist that ended up in the business world. I work at theme parks and zoos all over the country working with artists. Um, it's kind of a weird oh. niche place to work, but um, but yeah, that's my background. And, and so since May 2020, I've been part of the executive team, really just trying to get Clexicon to not be one of those stories of of communities that folded because of COVID and really just kind of make it through the other side. So um, I'm really proud we've been doing a lot, you know, lots of virtual stuff. Um, this is our second in person. Uh, we did our first one last October. Um, and, you know, the community is strong as ever. So really excited to be able to be able to bring this back for people.
1: That's wonderful. So were you off in 2020 and 2021?
2: I'm sorry, was I what?
1: Were you, were you, did you guys do a conference in 20 or 2020 or 2021?
2: We did virtual. So um, like many, we did switch gears and do virtual. We partnered up with some other organizations um, like Las Vegas Pride, San Diego Pride, SheFest, Some of Us Festival. Um, We partnered up and did something called Squad Fest. So we brought all our communities together and that was really enjoyable um, we did something specializing in publishing, so we had PubCon, which was which took place over a couple of weekends. I think it was three weekends. Uh, we did full-on weekend-long virtual conventions, virtual Clexicon. Uh, we've done that a few times, and so we just kept plugging away and kept, you know, bringing bringing things out for our community to enjoy. We really just
0: wanted people to continue connecting. That's and I think
1: wonderful. what's cool about That's so wonderful.
0: About all of it mm-hmm. is, you know, prior to COVID, I don't know that we would have ever thought to have gone virtual the way that we have, and now people all over the world get to participate in Crexicon while it's happening. Um, and people that, you know, whether it, it's means because life is expensive right now or accessibility, whatever it is, they can join us from the comfort of their home and see their star, their favorite stars, talk to them one on one, and and so it's been really cool to kind of see what kind of opportunities we've been able to, to come up with in, regard, in response to having to go virtual. And the creativity of this team is amazing to me most of all of the time.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I agree. And, and how wonderful. Do you think, Haley, that stay virtual? Because I believe that a lot of things that happen out of necessity during the COVID-19 pandemic, are, are it, it shifted our world, and it's especially shifted us in media, right? And I mm-hmm. believe that forever forward, things will be a little different. And one of those things is is that conferences, seminars, conventions, workshops may forever now be in person and or online and virtual.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think that's a really good thing because there are so many people that can't afford to travel or maybe it's not safe or they're just not in a position in their life where it's healthy for them to do so. So making these things as accessible as possible for everyone in our community, I think is so important because we want everyone to feel included. We want everyone to feel loved and cherished and valued. And so, you know, having this way for them to also participate and, and to kind of experience what Clexicon is like uh, in a virtual format or any convention or anything, just keeping it open and accessible for everyone, I think is, is so important. And, I think that's something that we've learned uh, in the last couple of years is something that is not as as difficult as we always maybe thought or were told that it was. Um, and so, yeah, it's listening to our community members, what we can do to kind of help them and uh, to just continue to make things as accessible as possible. I
1: agree 100%. And I think it's wonderful because I think those of us that grew up you know, and in LA, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, whatever the story is, we're spoiled because there's always things to go and do and there's always ways to meet people in the community. There's ways to mm-hmm. find entertainment things happening and there's ways to find queer things happening. But if you live in an area where you don't have that kind of community around you and maybe a trip to Los Angeles or Las Vegas, I know Plexicon was there, that's just too much. Um, then Mm -hmm. you miss out. So now with virtual, nobody has to miss out. And some of those folks are the most creative, right? They have, they go, they work their day job, they come home and they're writing all night long. They're creating things all night long. And we need to hear their stories too. And they need to have places to go. And also opportunities to see, like you said, people that they see on TV shows, women they see on shows that they love. Um, Mm -hmm. That is very, very important. Uh, and and not everybody gets that. You know, you you can go to a a Taco Bell and run to somebody in L.A., but if you live somewhere (laughs) else, these events are such a big deal. And I've learned that Mm -hmm. through hosting a lot of fan cons, that it's the people that, like, sit on a bus and come all the way from Kentucky on a Greyhound or the people that come from Australia. I mean, these are the people that that really, really need this, and it's so Mm -hmm. wonderful now that if they can't afford that trip, or they don't want to come out because they're still worried about the pandemic, then, you know what, just sit at home and enjoy it on your TV screen or on your computer screen or on your phone. I mean, I think that's wonderful that you're making that virtual. Is it difficult, though, Kimberly, to plan out an entire
2: convention virtually? You know, it's, um, I think because we had, to figure out a way to do this virtually uh, and we didn't have the in-person aspect of it at the same time, it really offered us an opportunity to focus on just those mechanics and just those logistics and and to really focus on doing that well. Uh, you know, the first time we did our virtual one-on-ones where we, uh, we created opportunities for attendees to have three minutes with their favorite celebrity, we had 400 of those meetings in one weekend. Um, that wow. was a lot. That was a lot <laughs> to organize. And we, it went off 100%. Like not a single person missed. Um, everyone was on time. You know, it was incredible. And this is really just us being, having the opportunity to really just focus on those things. So now that those systems are in place going hybrid, it, it's, you know, the structure is there, and now we just have to keep reapplying the structure that we've created. So it was challenging, don't know, you know, challenging and difficult have different connotations, right? So challenging, mm-hmm. yes, difficult, it's really just about applying the plan, right? So yes and no? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. It's hard, but it's a good time. A hard, yeah. A yeah, good hard, think- It's hard, but a good time, exactly.
1: I think it's super positive to look at it that way. I I can imagine that the one nice thing about virtual is everything's in the same place. You just have to bring everybody there. Now you've got to be all over the place, right, in this enormous space, the Anaheim Convention Center, um, and making sure that everything gets captured so that folks that can't be there in person get the same wonderful virtual experience. And um, I think that's amazing. I mean, I think that, that it must be an awful lot of work. And how long have you all been out here prepping?
0: I just flew down last night. I I, (laughs) I landed at 11 p.m. Um, So, yeah, I just got here last night. I'm actually driving out to Southern
2: California today. So uh, we've been prepping virtually up until now. Yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Where Where are you both from? Kimberly, where are you from?
2: So uh, I actually live in Joshua Tree, but I was in Las Vegas um, up until today. So I'm usually in Southern California.
1: Oh, nice. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, I, okay, so here's, I had never been to Joshua Tree. This is very sad, and I'm very embarrassed to say this. I We moved to California in 1980 when I was 13, so I've been here 42 years. I have never lived. <laughs>
2: never been to Joshua I cannot
0: believe, Tree. believe summer, I you was, haven't been to Joshua Tree. Feel free to all right, I'm going to meet up with you at the convention, and we'll, we'll figure out how to get you there.
1: The so last summer, no, I have now. Last summer, I was asked to go and be a part of a documentary about um, about uh, UFOs and Joshua Tree, extraterrestrials, and, you know, oh, uh, awesome. this is my entertainment but I also have a spiritual life. I'm a psychic medium and I have a spiritual practice and they asked me to come out and basically see if I felt any extraterrestrial. So I was thrilled to go. And uh, one of my best friends grew up in the conjuring house, but like the conjuring movie is her family's story. So she asked me to go and she was a part of it. Um, I believe that Joshua tree is my Sedona. I felt so incredibly connected to that place and I have been to Sedona and I love Sedona, but I always felt, and I hate to say this, a little underwhelmed in Sedona. When I went to Joshua Mm -hmm. Tree, I was like, oh yeah, this is where I feel is the spiritual center of this country. I was so impressed.
2: That's why I moved there. You cross that last hill going in and it's like listening to the inside of a shell. It's just so beautiful out there
1: unbelievable. And just Mm -hmm. like staying at a motel and then opening up my motel room window and there's like somebody's backyard has a Joshua tree in it. I'm like, this (laughs) is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. So um, I can imagine what it's like to live there. I plan to spend a lot more time there. I even want to go out there and do a spiritual retreat because I think some folks that I know need to witness that because it's so beautiful. So, um, yeah, that is such an awesome story. And you're still relatively close to L.A., and you're close to Palm Springs because the cultural scene in Palm Springs, uh, entertainment-wise, and also in the queer community, it's building up in leaps and bounds. And, you know, I'm at that age where all gays turn 50 and move to Palm Springs. So, so many of my friends have moved there. So I feel like that's another home, and, and I love it there too. But the energy in that valley is unbelievable, and it's like, uh, just exemplified in Joshua Tree, so
0: that's amazing. Haley, where are you from? Uh, Oregon. Oh, my. Nice. Okay. Well, my my stuff lives there. I travel full time for work, um, but yeah, my stuff lives in Oregon. Okay. All right. So your
1: stuff is like your roommate, and it lives in Oregon, and it lets you know how everything's. We're okay.
0: Pretty Whenever much. You yeah. Come back, yeah. Your stuff? yeah. More or less. That's cool. What- <laughs>
1: What do, you, what do you do that you travel? Is it okay to ask you?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a motivational entertainer. So I, I do um, character education assemblies for elementary school kids all over.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. What a great job. That's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Kimberly, what do you yeah. do?
1: Now I'm asking everybody. What do you do, Kimberly?
2: Uh, I'm a regional manager for an art company that operates in theme parks and zoos. So all the face painters oh, that- and character artists that you see out there. Um, I have several accounts throughout Southern California and the Midwest.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. That's actually your day gig.
2: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: That's wonderful. Isn't that nice that you're both actively being creative 24-7?
2: It really is. i you know, growing up, I used to tell my, my friends I want to be an artist and a business person and they all, you know, I remember one of my friend's parents laughing at me and saying, yeah, 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 I'll go to college and you'll see. And uh, if they could only see me now, <laughs> do me exactly what I said I'd right. do.
1: Right. Yeah, it's funny when you're a creative person uh, and or a spiritual person. And for me, not everybody, but for me, my spirituality, and my creativity are the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So many people want to tell you why, like, oh, you'll never do that. Or, oh, that's a joke. Or you'll never make that happen. And uh, And growing up, as an actor, which is how I started, everybody always told me, oh, you're very talented, but you're not the right kind of girl. You never work because you're not the right kind of girl. I'm not quite sure what that ever meant. I mean, I'm a bigger girl. So I'm in the eighties. That was not good, but I I don't know what that wasn't feminine enough. I don't know what the story was, but it was always, you're not the right kind. No matter what I did, I was the wrong kind of girl. Um, And so I think it's so important that we empower other women to not listen to that kind of blah, 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 because there is no right kind or wrong kind of anything. If you have a voice and someone is listening to that voice, then you're the right kind of artist for that situation. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's so important. And one of the things I love about Clexicon is, is that it is reinforcing that. And this panel that I'm on for you guys on Sunday I have done similar panels, even with with Valerie Milano, who's on the panel this time. We've done it at at, uh, entertainment conventions. We've done this kind of thing at music conventions. And I think it is so important to get that voice out, that as media people, you have to know if you have a voice and it needs to be heard, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done with your life, how you look you know, how you live, all that matters is you have something to say and there's someone to listen to it. And I think that is is such a beautiful thing. And also so impressed because I know you have Janina Gavankar there. Janina's a pal. She's done my show so many times. Actually, Janina, Jill Bennett, who's also with you, and I met doing the vagina monologues in Culver City like over 10 years ago. And, That's amazing. Um, when you do something like that with somebody, like a play like that, you instantly feel like you're very close to them. And Jill and Janina are two of my favorite people. I think they're both enormous talents. But but also knowing them and their roads as coming up as actors and as creators, and Janina as a musician, it's it's not been a like they're, they beat they the march to a different drummer too, right? I mean. A lot of women that – probably a lot of these women that are on the shows that people are coming to meet this weekend, you look at them and you think, oh, actress, her life is easy. But you don't realize that maybe she was, you know, a, a theater nerd in high school or a little bit different because of this or a lot different because of that. And it's it's really, I think, fascinating for women to hear other women's stories of um, how they – uh, overcame whatever their differences were. I mean, we're all different because we're women, right? That automatically challenges us. But on top of that, we've all got our own stuff. And I would never want any up-and-coming person, whether you're trying to start your entertainment thing or your artistic thing at, at 17 or you're 70 and you want to get into it, to feel like you don't have a shot because you're not the right kind of this or that. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: it totally does. Absolutely.
1: A room I feel for like you,
2: Yeah, I feel like Haley. You probably have more to say to that, as far as being in the theater world and you know, just having that experience.
0: Yeah, it's it's so interesting, and and one of the things that I kept thinking about because um, you're kind of describing, you know, like when you do a play, or you know, you have these people, and you you become so close, and Claxicon almost feels like a microcosm of that because. Everywhere you look, it's people that look like you but are colored mm-hmm. in the, I don't want to say normal world, but quote, unquote, normal world. Um, you know, everyday life, even in a place like L.A. or Las Vegas where there is a, a thriving queer scene, having just that concentrated bubble in our hotel and the, you know, just everywhere you look, there are people that look like you and people that have share life experiences. And you're going to have something in common with anyone you meet at Clexicon, because we've all struggled with that, whether it was, you know, gender or ethnicity or sexuality. We've all struggled, and and to kind of look around and just be surrounded by people that you're like, these are my people, this is my tribe. It's just, there's nothing like it in the world.
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I think that's great. And also I think the inclusion is great. I know that's like the fifth time I've sent that, but bear with me. Um, Because (laughs) there sometimes is an idea, right, that a lesbian woman is this and looks like this. A bisexual woman is this and looks like this. A trans woman is this and looks like this. An intersex person is this and looks like this or acts like this. And the truth is none of those stereotypes work because none of it's true. All of us Mm -hmm. as individuals and we all embody our gender, our sexuality, our identity in the way that we want to. And how nice that the world in 2022 has gotten to a place where we're allowed to. Being a trans person doesn't mean you have to be this. Being an intersex person doesn't mean you have to feel like this. Being a lesbian doesn't mean you have to be this. We now can show our sexuality and our gender and our divine feminine and our divine masculine energy in any way and shape and form and anywhere on the spectrum that we want. And nobody tells us anymore, you're not gay enough. You're not straight enough. You're not this enough. It doesn't matter. So you can see uh, this weekend, I imagine we're all going to see all different shapes and sizes and looks and energies of all different kinds of women. Mm -hmm. And. It's all going to be different and beautiful because everybody's individuality is perfect. And sometimes I think when you grow up in, in, a, in a community that has been marginalized as, as queer people have, sometimes within the community there is pressure. You have to look like this. You have to act like this. And it's nice for me to see as a Gen Xer that younger generations are coming up and sort of busting through those stereotypes and saying, you know what? You all just be whatever you want now, because we're here and this is how we're going to be, and I think that's really beautiful because not everybody fits in a lesbian box, just like not everybody fits in a straight box, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's um,
1: nice that everybody can come and be who they are, and uh, you know, well, what do you talk a little bit, um, Haley, about some of the the different panels and uh, and if you want to jump in. Kim, if you feel like you need to jump in, please do. And and why why they were chosen? Why why you chose those panels to represent the weekend?
0: I'm I'm definitely gonna pass this one to Kim. Panels are outside of my purview. Okay. I know very little about what's going on in in panel world. Um, I know what I'm excited okay. for, but Kim in terms of like behind the scenes stuff, uh. Yeah, I, I will say um, I've been helping, we've been doing some speaker spotlights on our Instagram where we do Instagram live with some of the, the speakers that are going to be on our panels. And so kind of getting a glimpse into the some of the people that, correct me if I'm wrong, Kim, but I think we have over 100 speakers coming this weekend. I think um, we have,
2: I think we're up to over 120 I believe. Yes.
0: Oh, it's wow. Gone. It's wow. Okay. Um, and so I've gotten to speak to you know, a handful of them from a wide variety of different industries. Um, And it's just been so fascinating to hear them speak about these things that they're passionate about, about these things that, you know, whether it's their career or or something they do on the the side. Uh, It just getting to kind of hear their stories and talk to them a little bit before the convention has me wanting to go to all of the panels. And I don't know how I'm going to pick and choose which ones I'm going to go to. Um. Yeah, it's that's kind of the extent of my my knowledge of the panel. So I'm going to pass that one to Kim. Take it away, Kim. <laughs> okay.
1: Kim. You.
0: Uh, well, you you kind of touched on it. Um. You know, you touched on on the passion
2: that so many of the speakers bring to the table, and um, by and large, a lot of the panels that come through are actually um, proposed by the speakers or the moderators themselves, and and they have an idea of who they'd want to invite, or maybe they say this is something that we really need to discuss. I'm very passionate about it. Um, Can you help me populate the panel? So it's kind of a mix, but really it's about having that passion um, and wanting to give something back and wanting to contribute to that dialogue in a a positive and meaningful way. And so we have everyone from people who are in the queer community to allies who want to support. You know, We have an artist coming who is Um, an ally and really just wants to support artists and wants to talk about how to get into character design for creators, you know? And then we have, um, we have panelists talking about, as you said, PR, we've got panelists talking about um, uh, the horror genre. I mean, we have so, it's like, it's all over the place and all of it's relevant. And that's one of the really wonderful things about Clexicon is it's all things media. So we have publishing panels, um, creator panels we have fan panels you know all sorts of different things that can appeal to different people and then and it's you know it all comes together and so it's really hard to pick and choose and there's also something for everyone so you know it's it's a little bit of everything in the whole realm of media so you know, without going into a lot of details, I think that's just how I can sum it up. It's having something to contribute, having a passion for it, um, being either part of or ally of our community, and um, just really wanting to be there for for the community.
1: Yeah, I was really excited because there's, um, if you don't mind me running through some stuff, I mean, obviously there's stuff about, um, like, for filmmakers, right? And they're for writers, and there's something about comedy, and there's something about music. I know I said these when I introduced you guys, but... I mean, it really is hitting sort of all the genres of creativity, right?
2: It absolutely is. Yeah.
1: Um, podcasting and creating your own. Oh, and now I'm now I'm going to get busted for this, but the one that uh, that Jill and her wife Lauren are doing about sort of about, like, kind of putting your own project together. I mean, it mm-hmm. and I it's fascinating because friends of mine like Jill and Lauren and Janina and Jane Clark and. Judy Carter, and people that I know that I've followed their careers and know them and have seen them, um, it's amazing that people are going to get to learn from these beautiful, talented women because I have watched them on their path and I know how hard it is sometimes and I've seen what they've gone through and the, the struggle sometimes to create your own content and to do your own thing and to be just who you are. So to be able to come and sit and learn firsthand from talented people like these, um, that is exciting and wonderful. I mean, I, first of all, I just brag about my friends because I think mean, my friends are amazing, but I also <laughs> think isn't that wonderful that you get to like learn from these wonderful women who have gone through all the highs and lows and maybe will help make your path a little bit easier because you've heard their story. I mean, I think that, that's amazing. And, um, and I'm thankful to, to you all and to the whole Klexicon team for making it happen. And I hope what I bring to the panel that I'm on is just to help people understand how you get yourself out there, you know, what it's like to promote yourself. Great, now you've made this wonderful thing. What do you do with it? And, and just to be there to positively encourage people to not give up and not get frustrated and not um, get discouraged when you open an Instagram account and you don't have fifty thousand followers the next day. That it, it is a work, it is day-to-day work. It is piecemealing together things, but but most importantly, that it is possible, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are going to hear this weekend. They're going to hear it's work, and sometimes there's obstacles, and sometimes it's tough, but it is possible to make your dream come true. Um, and Absolutely. I think people need to hear more.
2: And I'm just so grateful to you and for everybody who has signed up to get out here and, and participate in Clexicon. Um, it's really just such a testament to the generosity of our community that just wants to keep giving back to it, to you know the next the next generation of creators um, and you know the current generation of creators. It's just really. Um, you know, it's that kind of energy that that I feel is at Clexicon. It's just this desire for everyone to succeed and to support. And I think Haley kind of touched on this earlier, but there are so many stories of people who met at Clexicon and come back and they have a project under their belts. You know, they yes. they met each other, they went off and they wrote something and made it happen, and they're coming back with their project the following year. You know, we've had people make documentaries at Clexicon, and it's just you know every year I'm, it's so exciting to see what people will bring. That didn 't exist the year before, and because of quickpon it got it got to come to fruition
1: yeah, and well, and I think what's something that 's encouraged in in conventions like this and it's, and conventions like this weren 't always a thing i mean there's always been conventions, but this kind of convention, I think, is something that 's really grown up in the last twenty years or so um, mm-hmm. you didn 't used to know about tribe building, you know what I mean you didn 't know. Um, some people, I just naturally do it, I think, because when I was a kid, we always moved and I was always the new kid, so I always had to hustle to make friends. So I know how to reach out to people. It's probably why I do what I do. But some people don't know that, you know what, when you go to something like this, make a friend, reach out. I always say in, in my spiritual work, when you, grow your tra- when you grow your tribe, you grow your vibe, right? Your vibe, literally, it, you, you raise your vibration by growing your tribe. Um, had I not reached out when I did the vagina monologues with, like, everybody in that cast. Um, and a lot of those people have now done my show. And then a lot of people like Janina and Jill have done it repeatedly. Um, it's, you have to reach out. There's no, no harm can come from reaching out. And when you're doing the speed friending or when you're at a, uh, one of the after parties, or if you're at Disneyland on Friday and you run into people because you guys have a Disneyland event, um, or if you're just, like, sitting on a bench in between panels and somebody sits next to you, say to them, hi, you know, I'm Sheena, I'm from L.A., I'm on a panel today. What are you doing here? You'll be surprised how most people are looking to make friends and are looking, most artists are sort of, like, starving for someone to talk to their about their project and about what they really want to do and about what their vision is. And then like you said, you meet somebody who has the same vision and then next year they come back and there's a web series or they've written a song together or whatever the story is. And that creativity grows, right? Because we need more art in this world, more creativity, more projects, more things not just representing uh queer women and not just representing women but representing human beings. Absolutely. So for That's you a, um, I'm sorry. Go. No, go on. No, you talk. I I can always talk. Tell me what's <laughs> on your mind. Uh
2: it's it's funny because I um I was actually listening to one of your shows. Um and you were talking with a friend about people who get together to do something positive and they're all sitting around the table and they say, we don't know how to do anything. And someone says, well, I can throw parties. I don't know if you remember that episode. Um, I think you were a guest on on her show. Um, And it's kind of like that at QuexCon. People get together and they're like, well, I can write and I can shoot. And, um, you know, I do wardrobe. um, I do music. And all of a sudden you have this table of people and they're kind of looking around and they're like, I think we got something and they go out and do it, and it yeah. just really is so beautiful to see that. Um, and really, you know, you were talking about, like, your history and how having to be the new kid on the block. I moved a lot when I was a kid, but for me, the sense of community actually comes from my family. Um, I'm first-generation Cuban. My, my family came to the States in 67, and I was one of those people who was, like, very, very lucky to have so much family around. And there were, like, 13 people in my household growing up, and six households on the same block, and we're all related. Um, so we all just kind <laughs> of moved from Cuba and set up our own little community there. And so seeing multiple generations every day, um, second and third cousins who I didn't know were that far removed. We just all grew up together. Um, for me, community is like, it's such a natural thing. And so, you know, being able to recognize this other community that I'm a part of, and, you know, being part of the queer community and just wanting to see it continue to grow and um, continue to be a place where maybe people who don't have that community be able to come and feel like they can be their whole selves and not have to hide. Um, not just by seeing themselves in the media, but having this place where they can just be who they are. Um, you know, it's so, so, so important um, you know and it's you know you can be 14 or 40 and you, we still need it you know community is I you agree. know next to well, what is it like next to shelter food and water it's it's what we need as humans so
0: um i, I think I as,
2: as long as we yeah as long as we can we're going to keep doing it um and you know Absolutely. it's a cyclical thing we just got to keep coming back and and i'm really you know we're i know we're a few days away from Clexicon 2022 but i cannot wait to see what happens um, next year that happened because of twenty twenty two. So um,
1: I, I absolutely I absolutely agree. I'm I'm looking forward to being involved in some capacity um heretofore. I'm I I if you want me, you've got me on board now. Um, I I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm I'm a staff pastor. I'm the interfaith pastor at the founders church of the Metropolitan Community Denomination. And MCC was founded um, 54 years ago um, by some folks who were queer that got kicked out of their evangelical churches and wanted to create a place where everybody could come and be spiritual and nobody could tell them not to. Um, A lot of younger generations don't know about our queer history. I'm also on a a queer history um, historical group called the Lavender Fest. I'm on their advisory board of directors and – Um, A lot of younger people don't know where the community came from. And even I'm sort of in that generation in between that by the time I was 18 or 19, you could tell people you were gay and nobody freaked out. I mean, some people might have freaked out, but most people didn't. But for these folks who are, you know, baby boomers and even depression era, what got the community through everything was community. People stuck Mm -hmm. together and they protected each other and they – Um, You know, they warned each other when the cops came to the gay bars and they made sure that they walked in pairs so no one got attacked and they literally kept each other alive. And I think it's always important for us to remember that, that we are a community first and foremost and we should stick together. And if that means standing up for somebody that's being bullied, great. If that means pushing somebody's project because you believe in it and you know they're having a harder time because of who they are, then that is also important. If that means reaching out to somebody at a con, like ClexaCon, that is sitting alone and looks lonely and looks like they need tribe, that is also important. We have to remember that just because so much of the queer community is now assimilated into, quote, unquote, regular society, I don't know what that means, but um, they've been, we've been released into general population now. We still have to remember that we're a community, and we are here to take care of each other and to advance each other's interests and to help each other build more tribe. And that, I think, first and foremost, on a spiritual level, is one of the most important things for me about being involved with you all this weekend.
2: I love hearing that. I think that takes it right back to the beginning when Haley said it's really just about being there with people in our community and, and being in that bubble. Did you say that, Haley, I in the bubble? Yes. Yeah. 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 It all comes back to that.
1: I, I think you are both delightful, and I would like for us to do this again, maybe as we're getting ready to plan next year, as you guys are getting ready to put next year's together so that we can get some more shows under our belt before next year's. In the meantime, um, Kim, why don't you let us all know how people can come this year and, um, and that you create a ticket link, right, for folks who are listening to the show right now or will listen to the show in the next couple of days. And uh, yes. real quick, my panel is on Sunday at noon, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing you all there on Sunday at noon for the PR and media increasing your value and visibility. But please go check out everything because it all sounds amazing.
2: So you can get tickets for this weekend by going to klexicon.com. You will click on the buy tickets link. And if you want 20% off, you can enter the discount code. And it is Sheena20off. The only capital letter is the S. Everything else is lowercase. It is case sensitive. So capital S, Sheena20off. And that will get you 20% off the uh, standard pass for the weekend.
1: That is so fantastic. I thank you both for being here. Um, I'm so honored again. I'll say it again to be a part of Plexicon this weekend and to sort of begin to meet this new tribe of wonderful women who are doing so much to promote other wonderful women. And I thank you for, for including me. If you missed any of the links for how to get to Plexicon, you can contact me at Spiritual. That's the website where my spiritual life and my entertainment life come together It's SheenaMetalSpiritual.com or look for me anywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. Until I see you next week right here on Raising the Vibration, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, unity, always work to raise your energetic vibration, and remember that you are love and you are loved. I'm Sheena Metal. I'll see you next week right here on LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com for Raising the Vibration Tuesdays at 5 o'clock Pacific time. I love you all. See you next time.